Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. MNN Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. MNN is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856 217 1750. Or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a young, inspiring entrepreneur. He's the founder and video strategist at Foxel Media. Let me introduce him, Dave Lisowski. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. You got it. You, most people butcher that for no reason. I don't know, but you nailed it. <laughs> I've practiced it probably 50 times before the show. <laughs> I'm flattered that it was worth that much of your time. <laughs> it, I can see why people butcher it, though. It should be easy, but you know, if you try to say it too quick, you can certainly make a mistake. It's, it's a mess to the eyes when you look at it at first. You know, I've had the pleasure of looking at it all my life, so it's a little different for me, but... <laughs> Man, I was looking forward to have you on here, man, and and I appreciate, you know, you you had no hesitation to want to come on the show to tell your journey, your career journey that is, and I appreciate you for being here. Yeah, dude, I'm I am excited to be here. As soon as you told me what this is about, I it resonated big time. So, happy to be here. Awesome. And 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 I think this is going to bring a lot of people value. Dave is probably the youngest guest that I've had on the show. Dave, you're what, 27, 28 years old? Yep. Just turned 27 in November. Okay. Yep. Give people perspective. And uh, I want to dive back to, you know, you, after high school, you actually worked at Buck Hotel as a banquet server. So you, you, <laughs> did you, did you start at what, 17, 18 years old, roughly? Oh, uh, man. Digging through the LinkedIn, I see. I, has, I forgot I still have that up there. Yeah, it's uh, the first lesson here is update your LinkedIn to get rid of the irrelevant things. <laughs> no, but it's good, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I started there probably, I guess, when I was about sixteen. That's right around the time that I started driving, and uh, you know, money becomes a very real thing if it hasn't by that point. <laughs> and I was there off and on over the span of uh, five years. 
Yeah. Just talk briefly about the value you think those five years have done for you, you know, to where you are in your career now. When it's funny because when you're in it, you don't think it brings any value. You think, wow, I'm getting paid slightly above minimum wage and it's just a necessary evil. And then you kind of measure backwards and you can realize what all these things have done. And looking back then, it's, it's really the people management because you're going to get people walking through the door, restaurant or banquet. You're getting hundreds of people walking through the door at a day. Some of them are going to be happy and some of them are going to be easy. And some of them are just going to be absolutely awful. <laughs> and you need, to, you need to be able to cater to all of them, quite literally. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you try to. And you weasel through it. And even if they suck, that's just part of the game. And you, I think for anyone in, I feel like everyone has to do a year working some type of restaurant industry job just to get those people skills up, managing crappy attitudes. And, and managing yourself, right? Your, your emotions to those situations and how to best handle it. That's, that's the biggest part, man. I had... Plenty of coworkers who were there a lot shorter periods of time. I got friends of mine that, that had worked there alongside me. And some of the other staff, some of the people just got under their skin. And I think I lasted that long because <laughs> I just head down, get it done. It's all right. I'm not here that long. Whatever, you know? Yeah. I can see a lot of value there. Being out, like you said, you know, get those people skills going. Even bartending too. I mean, that's something that. I think it can transfer to many things and, and also developing those relationships, meeting people. Uh, there's so many positive things about it. I think some people forget, you know, especially the younger generations just starting, forget, you know, the learning thing, the things that they're learning and, and what that is doing for them. Nick, you know what it is, man? A lot of people, especially when you're younger, you don't have that awareness to think of the other things outside of the lane that you're in. You're thinking, I need money. I need a job. I'm going to go to work. A lot of people aren't thinking, how will these connections I'm making or these people skills I'm developing play into other things that I want to pursue? You're very, at least I like to think that I always had some type of entrepreneurial spirit, but I was single track minded. I was, you know, a teenager. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. And, and, you know, just you know, after that, I just want to touch on, you know, some of the other places that, that you've worked to give perspective. You were a photographer for a little while at uh, I-99 Radio, a marketing intern. You were a marketing agent and even a social media strategist. Talk a little bit about those experiences and how that has helped what you're doing now as well. Yeah, man. So this is the shift now into the time of my life that kind of began how things are now. The changing of the guard, if you will. So all those photography and social media positions and things like that, they all happened sort of overlapping. So in 2015, I really kind of set my goals on music business and music industry. This was my, okay, I think I have a, a real goal. Now I'm going to go after it. And at the time, man, I was taking any opportunity that I could. I had an entry-level camera, a lot of drive, some interesting ideas, and a dream. And I was just trying to make it work. And so I took on all these different roles, just thinking, okay, well, the opportunity will, if it presents itself, something will come. I sort of 
didn't have that one track mind thought anymore. And, you know, taking all these different roles on, I met a lot of great people. I learned a lot about different aspects of the industry that made me a little more well-rounded. But man, did I burn out. (laughs) That's, That's the thing that not a lot, it's not the attractive part of this whole journey that people talk about but it's very real when you see all those different titles listed in that short of span of time it's great learning lessons but also you kind of pay the price when you're spreading your bandwidth that far yeah and then you know smack in the middle somewhere you decide to go to penn state abington correct i believe it was around 2016 Talk a little bit about your college experience and you actually ended up putting that on hold for a little bit. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. This is the part that I I love to talk about because I've got so many thoughts and opinions on college, but basically I, uh, I I graduated high school, 2013 started at Penn state Abington uh, that following year, 2014. And um, I initially thought I'm going to go and be an engineer because engineers make great money and Penn State's a great school for it. And I had always just kind of been on that track. I took all tech ed classes in high school and everything. And that's all I saw. That was what I saw as the possible future for me. And about halfway through my first semester at Penn State, I thought there is absolutely no way I'm doing science and math for the rest of my life. I don't care if I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year or more, I will die. <laughs> and so I pretty quickly switched my major locked in with corporate communication, which was kind of this amalgamation of all different business things. And as I was there, I was, that's around the time I started working with different bands and musicians and really exploring the possibility of applying what I'm trying to do with business and put it into something I'm passionate about and that I love. And so maybe a year and a half into that, the opportunity presented itself with one of the bands I was working with to go and just tour the country, go meet the people I had been emailing and connecting with online and, and get out there. And so you want to talk about a hard decision. I mean, I was doing great. <laughs> I was doing great in college. I had the honors program and the scholarship money and all this different stuff. And now I'm presented with the option of basically stepping away, putting it all on hold and going and living in an extra large suburban for weeks on end with four other dudes. And let me ask you a quick question. Was it hard for you personally or, or more so for your family? It was hard thinking, how am I going to explain this? I had a feel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is the, the big thing for anybody, whether you're, it's, whether it's a college, do I keep going on with college or do I keep going on with a corporate job? I mean, I'm sure anyone listening to this who has made some big major life switch has had that fear of not Do I believe myself, but how am I going to convince the people I love that this makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a common thread with, with many discussions that I've had on this podcast. You you can't, 
do things for some someone else, your mother, your father, your grandparent, whoever, you got to do what's right for you, what's in your heart, you know, and, and too many, I think kids um, follow the path of what their parents are pushing them to do. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing, but I just don't know if the return on investment is really understood. Taking that college path, higher education is, is great, you know, no matter what, don't get me wrong, but what is the return on investment? You know what I think it is, Nick, is that higher education is so much more broad than what people traditionally think it is. We think, okay, you're going to go apply to a university and get in, go for four years and take out loans. Yeah. I mean, once I started doing my business the way that I do it now, which we, you know, we'll loop into and everything, Mm -hmm. I found like online programs and masterminds and courses paid a fraction of what I paid in student debt. And I would consider that higher education is higher than anything I'd ever learned. Absolutely. But that's not being talked about. No, master classes. I mean, I've done tons of them too. You can learn online, like you said, for a fraction, fraction of a fraction of the cost of college. And it's real life stuff that you're going to use, you know, and you're exactly right. It's not talked about. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Great share. And then you were flirting with this idea, right? What you're doing now. When did this idea for for Foxel, you know, come about? It, you know, 2016, I see, is when you, I think, launched it, but you were still doing some other things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this happened just by circumstance and by people basically saying that it should So when I took that leave of absence from school and went to go tour with the band, I was the media guy because I was the one that had just gotten a camera for Christmas that year. (laughs) And so, of course, that that makes sense, right? (laughs) And uh, I just began documenting everything, taking pictures, videos. We were putting out like a tour diary series where we were just documenting every few days what was happening. And all the people and and friends I had back home that were doing musical things were seeing this online on Facebook and commenting, you have to do this for us when you get back. And so it's starting to seep into my head, wait a second, there's something cool here. Meanwhile, same time, I'm still working randomly, doing banquets and, you know, here and there, just getting by. And so fast forward to the couple, maybe a couple months later, people keep asking me offering not crazy money now, but at the time making a lot more than I was banquet serving. And so I realized, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. I seen everybody else. They get a camera, they make a Facebook page and then they're, they're a photographer. And I just had this stigma against it. So I said, I'm going to go register a business. <laughs> and I almost <laughs> did it out of spite. <laughs> just, uh, and, and I, I started the business and I had so much free time. So I put so much thought into the name and, and everything and probably didn't launch correctly, but that was the start. I just, people were asking and I figured let's, let's explore this opportunity some more. And it was mainly photos and then some videos for bands and musicians and artists at the, t- at the time. Right. Right. And that has evolved and we'll get into that. Where did Foxel come from that name? Well, well why Foxel? Yeah. So the short story is it's, pretty much a direct translation from Polish to English of my last name. So my last name in Polish is of foxes. 
And that's pretty much what Foxel is too. The, the abridged longer version is it's a play on Fox and focal and then combine them. The X is the focal point of the word Foxel. X marks the spot. There was, there was a lot going on that I quickly realized like people don't have time to listen to this. <laughs> but I know it's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you're telling me Liswowski is a Polish name, huh? Yo, yeah. What can't happen? Come on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, man. You create conversion-driven videos to attract more ideal clients. Putting together, you know, the videos to try to clarify our message uh, short and sweet. And I had an experience this weekend with Dave and his team, and it was outstanding. It was a great Saturday afternoon. A lot of fun. Just the whole process, Dave. Like I said, I've been, I've been watching you before we pulled the trigger with our partnership. Your energy, your ability to listen, take everything in, the deep dive that we've had prior to Saturday, you know, it was a long couple hours of just Dave understanding me, my partner, our business, what we want to achieve, our clients, just all that. It's all really, really good stuff. And like I said many times before, I love what you're doing, man. Man, you flatter me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank. First off, thank you. Yes, that's, that's really um, hell of an endorsement right there, man. I really appreciate that. And two, it's just doing it any other way just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it's yeah, it's it's video. Video is the way that we get the message out there. It's it's the means to the end, but it's not the end. So many people that either do video or are looking to have video created for their business are just, they, that's where it stops. The buck stops there. But if, if a better tool than video comes along, I'm jumping ship. I'm not, I'm not a videographer. I'm a communicator, really. That's what it comes down to. And this is just the best tool that we have right now to do that. So the business, just to circle back with Penn State, you ended up, putting it on hold, but you went back to get your degree as you're building this business. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I guess about, so I was quote unquote, supposed to graduate 2017, ended up graduating 2018. And partly because they just weren't offering one of the courses I needed to graduate the semester prior, which is another flaw, but we'll, we'll, we were not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> but yeah, I went back. And the thing was, I told myself, I, I remember hearing back years ago from some musician or producer that I really liked at the time that he gave himself a year off from everything else in his life. And he said, if I can't make this happen in a year, I gave it a shot and I will pick back up where I was. And so I, I gave myself about a year of really nothing else, like fully just immersed in booking shows and the music aspect of things. And then the year was kind of coming up to an end and I made progress, but it wasn't, wasn't what I projected or dreamed about. And so I was already by that point over halfway done my degree, figured I'm already in student loan debt. <laughs> I owe it to myself to just finish this. 
And, um, and that was that I did, I went back and kind of took a little bit of hybrid online in-person stuff and, and blew through it. Yeah. Are you happy with the decision to finish it? I am. And maybe not for the reason that you would expect. I'm glad that I made that decision because ultimately whatever transpired because of that decision has gotten me to where I am now. And I'm happy with where I am now. People always ask, what would you, if you could go back in time and change one thing, what would you do? I always, I always say nothing because now I don't know where I would end up. I don't know what I'd be doing now, what would be different. But do I think it, do I use my degree? No. Would I, if, if I didn't care about how things are now, would I go back and change that? Probably. You know, some people, when I say some, many people use this statement. Well, at least I have a degree to fall back on. That just, I can't even tell you how that makes me feel. Like I, I can't compare my career to, to anyone else's. I mean, I, I chose a path that I am doing and, you know, I was lucky enough to choose something that I was passionate about and continued through it. But if you're just getting a degree just to get it, what are you falling back on it if it's not something that you are passionate about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's something that just really bothers me and doesn't sit well. Fall back on to do something that you don't want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I've, there's been many times in my life where I've thought about this from a couple different angles. And what it really boils down to to me is you are going to put effort into something in your life to further your career or get a job or something like that. Years ago, maybe decades ago at this point, you could get a degree and then you'd get a job and that was fine. And then you put your time and you move up the ladder and you, know, you retire years later and you probably live an okay life. Yeah. Nowadays, the degrees, that's not really any real firepower. So if you're just going to get a degree as a backup nowadays, you're going to still have to put in all this effort to try and get a, a job in a career that maybe you don't even really care about. When at the same time, if you took that effort and put that into something you really give a crap about, what would that do for you? How much further could you get along if you just gave yourself a shot? Amen. Amen. And, 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 you know, you didn't mention it, but we've talked about earlier, the, the, that, the cost of college too, like you're going to do all that, put yourself in debt or, and, or pay for it. You know, if you have the money, which most people do not, it's just, I just want people to understand that ROI. I just say it often, like, you know, you got to weigh that return on investment, the amount of money you're going to spend and or reverse engineer it. Like, what is it going to take for me to pay it all back? Where am I going to be? Does it make sense? I mean, you got to be so passionate about what you're about to take on with this, you know, hey, maybe your parents are going to pay for it. That, that's great. But I, <laughs> I told my kids, you know, and, and I said, unless you are absolutely, you know, and pa super passionate about doing, I'm not, I'm not looking to, and I want them to also take a piece of it too. I don't want to just, I want them to be invested. Do you know what I mean? Cause there's too many kids that go to college and, and spend the money and, you know, flunk out. It's just a waste. Nick, you know what it is, man? There's not enough discussion about all of this before the decision needs to be made, you know? In you're in high school, you're prepped to apply to colleges and pick something. 
by the time that you're 17 or 18, when at least I know in, in my area or, you know, my sphere here, there's not really enough discussion about the options, the ROI, the outcome, like think it re- the reverse engineering of things. And because it's just been so branded into all of our brains over years that this is what you do. This is what you do if you want to be successful. And it's not, I don't think it's anybody's individual fault because that's just how society is played out. And the educational system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think we are now just reaching this cusp where hopefully in the next five years or 10 years, there's going to be more discussion about that where like you kind of said, part of the point of this podcast to show people, Hey, there's more routes to take. If you have a passion, you know, you can, or even if you don't, if you don't know what you want to do, then don't, don't go into debt, figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on it. The degree has a diminishing value and it's, and every year it, 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 it continues to go down. I mean, there's large corporations are now not requiring degrees and every year you're seeing more and more are taking that off of that, you know, off of their job employment requirement. Yeah, man. And I, and I knew you'd be a perfect one to kind of break that down because you have a little bit of, of all, you know, you've, you've gone through that path, the college path, you put it on hold, you went back and finished for the reasons you've stated, but I love the uh, passion and fire with what you're doing now. Now, back to what you said, if things were to change, meaning video is not the go-to, if it's AI, audio, whatever, you would change it. And that's because you want it to be the best for your client. You want to give the best value. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Nick, I mean, we, we shot your guys' video business card a couple of days ago at this point now. And it's because that process, we are just really capturing something that for the person on the receiving end, that's the best tool that we've got to make it a no-brainer for them, to show them, here's what it's like to be working with these guys prior to having to make that commitment. And that's what it's about for me. That's where the real value comes in. I feel like value has just become this, this overplayed, washed-out word. And to me, it just really boils down to how useful is something. Value is how useful something is. And if we have this massive shift all of a sudden where you know, there's all this talk of Web 3.0. If, if Web 3.0 means we can't use video online anymore, bear with me. <laughs> then, <laughs> then, yeah, you know what? If the audio format is the best way that someone on the receiving end is going to, to process this information, then, yeah, that's the logical jump. What is it? It's not, I don't care what I want to do. Obviously, to an extent, I'm, pas- I'm passionate about what I do. I like what I do. But it needs to matter to the client. And I am so endorsing you, and I haven't even seen the final product yet. So let's just oh, uh, keep man. those fingers crossed, man. Let's hope it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Will. I know, Will. I have, I have looked, and I'm starting to organize it. It looks freaking <laughs> unbelievable. So there it is. there's that. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Can't wait to check it out. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience, 
in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So talk a little bit about your podcast. You're a podcast host as well. But you kind of put that on hold a little bit, I believe you said. Yeah. Yeah. So similar reasons as to why you do this. I wanted to show people options. And for me, that so my podcast, I'll say is, I don't want to say was because it exists still, is titled How to Win with Video. And very creative SEO friendly name, right? <laughs> and the whole premise was, look, there's a lot of people that are using video in different ways because the way that I do it is different than the way that, you know, one of my friends who's a video business owner does it in Boston. And so I was bringing on these people that I've connected with through masterminds and clients and other people and really diving deep into what is your methodology? How can people get useful information on, on that they can take and use for their own means of implementing something. And it was great. I love talking with people, facilitating conversations, diving deep, as you know. Yeah. And uh, for me, man, it was, it just became a lot because projects started picking up like client work. And for what I was doing, I was, I wanted it to be like top notch, but that meant I was doing it all. And I have no problem letting go of things and delegating, but there just wasn't structure there for it in place. So it's on hiatus right now. We got through 11 episodes that were like an hour each. And I still like send them to people when they have relevant questions about stuff. But uh, I, I love it, man. I love doing this whole thing that we are doing here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I've, I've come to love it too. And I think we talked a little bit about it, just the creativity, you know, it has brought that back out in me. And, and remember the whole perfectionism thing. Don't, don't let that, you know what I mean? Make you stop and keep moving. And I know you won't, but that's something that I had to learn. You know, it's nothing's going to be perfect. And, uh, you know, the whole editing thing and I'm, I'm giving my media team full, I'm trusting you to do what you do. And, all good. <laughs> I mean, no, no, if we didn't trust anybody else to do what we do, we'd never, uh, you've had successful businesses, ventures, you know that you would never get it to the point where it is now if there wasn't an ability to just trust that other people can get at least damn close to what you visualize, right? Yeah, totally. So what do you see in the future for Foxhole? Any, anything coming up or project that you have in the works outside of the one you're working nah, on? Probably just shutting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something that excites you. Any, anything new projects or? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a few other video business cards in the coming weeks that I'm pretty excited about, but on a grander scale than that, I'm excited to make this the year that we really kind of specialize in and niche down in project type, not necessarily just industry. Because we've, I've noticed over the years of doing this now, 
there's different ways to niche. And it's not just pick the industry that interests you and run with it. Because that's just one way. You can also pick the projects that you want to specialize in, which we have by this point, or also the types of people or clients that you want to work with. And there's some overlap between all of them, but I've noticed that for us, video business cards are really just specialty. Story-driven testimonial videos. So a similar type of you know, interview style, but you know, from your client's perspective. And then also process videos to show kind of what are the next steps. Give people total clarity on what you've got going on. So those three are kind of the perfect quiver videos to just convert someone and really don't want to keep doing kind of the shorter little social pieces standalone. You know, say you guys are like, well, we want some stuff to be able to post. Bam, we already did an interview and we've got a ton of stuff we could pull out from that. But I want to I run deep with clients this year, you know? And the best way to do that is build something that can be used as a, a foundation for just your video marketing. And that's one thing I love about podcasting too, is just to have that deeper connection with, you know, with yourself, with my guests, you know, to learn things about them that I wouldn't have learned because I wouldn't have taken the time to really have this, this in-depth conversation and you sharing your journey, which is, uh, again, appreciate you, man, for being here today. Glad to be here, man. Yeah. So outside of work, what kind of hobbies and things you do that you're passionate about? Obviously, you're passionate about what, you, what you're doing for your business, but outside of that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like outdoorsy stuff, but also indoorsy stuff. And what I mean by that is... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm, well, I'm well-rounded. <laughs> I love... Um, we're in the time of year right now where snowboarding is in season. I love snowboarding. Last year, I went once a week for like three months straight. That was awesome. Uh, so I like that. I like hiking, you know, those types of things. Indoorsy stuff, man, I'm a sucker for just like sitting down, going all night playing just like a single player video game and just losing myself in the world. That's <laughs> uh, just me. I love, mm -hmm. I love stories. So, you know, if I can immerse myself in that stories, movies, video games, all that. But if I could just go and snowboard every day for the rest of the season. Yeah. I'd, I'd be in business. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. I can relate with the hiking and skiing, snowboarding for sure. So if you were to give advice to a young lady, young gentleman, that's not sure what they want to want to do. They just finished or about to finish high school. And, um, you know, their minds all over the place. Uh, they're, 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 mother and or father and family is pushing them to go to college. They're not sure that that's, that's what they want to do, but they are considering it. Again, their mind's all over the place. What would be your advice for someone that's just not sure what they want to do? And, and one thing that I say, and I'm sure you agree, is, is be patient. You don't need to do, jump into something you're unsure about at 18, 19 years old. You can do it at 21, 22, 23, right? Do you agree? Yes, I do. But I will say that's something that it took me a lot of patience mm -hmm. to figure out yes. myself. If you are 
a driven individual and you're, you know, 18 or 21 or 24, you know, any of this age group, there's a lot of pressure in comparison of looking around you and seeing this person has done this much by this point, the 30 under 30 lists, the 25 under 25, this person was a millionaire by 21. Like it's a lot of weight. So it's, it's, it takes a lot of learning lessons to realize that patience is, is okay. You can, you don't need to rush it. I would say if you don't know exactly what you want to do, and you are finishing high school, like don't go and dump all your money into this expensive college. I really think that, you know, the college experience can be had by visiting friends. And I, so maybe I'm biased because I never lived away for school. I visited friends and had a blast, but saved a lot of money not having room and board. And if I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was doing that, I know I'd be kicking myself even more. I would say if you are, if your parents are, you know, hey, you need to go to school, go to a community college for a year, feel out different programs and things like that. But if you've got a little bit more freedom, figure out what your interests are that you are passionate about or think you're passionate about. Dive deep on YouTube. (laughs) I, I joke around and say YouTube University, but. Seriously, the, all the base knowledge of everything that I use now, I learned on YouTube. Explore YouTube and gradually push the limits of what it is that you feel you're passionate about. I thought I was passionate about, at one point, even before I started the business, being a uh, recording engineer. So I spent maybe like a couple, few hundred bucks on recording equipment and just recorded friends who did music. Guess what? That was a way cheaper investment to find out I didn't love that than, than going to like full sale university, paying 40 grand and then getting out in the industry and being like, wow, I hate this. So explore online to learn more about what you think you love and then find opportunities in your current lifestyle to do it. And you're going to learn if you love it or not. So, so good. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah, man. Speaking to myself. (laughs) Uh, You're speaking into my soul. Uh, That's perfect, man. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to give value, you know, to people. And, you know, we talked about that word earlier, but it's, it's, it's the truth. And I think the, the, the more, you know, educated, you know, the more knowledge you can give the younger generation on the options that exist and, and, and patience is a huge one because I certainly didn't have it either. I've learned that I still, because I'm a high achiever, there's so many things I want to do. I, I constantly am checking myself, you know, how much I want to push the limits. And uh, again, you, you know, it's a learning process, but that, uh, that investment in the college, I just, I want people to really make sure that's what they want to do. <laughs> Yeah. Nick, I want to I want to add super quick as just a piggyback off of the whole patience thing cuz this is something that I recently as in within this past month really processed. You cannot measure success looking forward. You can only measure success against the past. Because if you are looking at this ideal situation, 
you have it in your head, the perfect scenario, you're constantly looking and measuring against that. There's this gap that you're never going to satisfy. But if you look at where you began to where you are now, you can see all that progress you've made. And that is worth being proud of. And it's just, I wish that as a 21 or a 22 year old who constantly had the fear of missing out that I would have really processed that. You're so far ahead of the game, David, 27 (laughs) years old, following your heart and passion and, you know, having the new business, which I'm so excited for you. Glad to be a part, you know, of the journey. And I'm sure there's more things to come and please share your website, your social media, how people can get in contact with you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, uh, the website is foxel.media. That's F-O-X-A-L dot media. The social media for the company is the same. My, you can find me on, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn as David Lasowski. You can find me on all other places as, get this, you can find me as at entrepreneur bra. Bra, B-R-A-H. That is satire because I hate the hustle culture, the hustle bros. <laughs> but <laughs> that is uh, that is my handle on, on most places. And I'm usually posting stuff about, you know, the, the, what we talked about earlier, communicating your, yourself, your messaging, messaging right and, you know, how to show up on video, all that type of stuff. But there's little, little glimpses of motivational crap in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you rock, man. Thank you again for joining me today, man. And I can't wait for this episode to pop. You and me both, man. Happy to be here. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.